0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Fade Away Podcast. I'm Ben once again with Hisham. How's it going, bud? Big hey, Ben. It's good to be here, man. <laughs> um,
1: honestly, I'm not gonna lie, there have been some great and some kind of disappointing games this week. Uh, but we'll get into all of them. But but it's good to be here.
0: Great to be here as well. On a Sunday, beautiful afternoon, following one of the ugliest basketball games I've seen this playoffs. Let's start with Suns Clippers. Yikes! Suns pulled pulled it pulled it out, and it was looking at the box score. You'd assume both teams lost this game. <laughs> it was. I mean, just hard to watch. I
1: mean, this was just horrible. I think it was like one of the one of the lowest scoring games in like 656 games or something it was like, like some that like old some...
0: school basketball is what it looked oh like oh
1: my god and like the thing is what what i don't understand is chris paul comes back and phoenix just looked lost like yeah. in game in game 3 he shot horribly in game 4 yesterday he went 6 for 22 booker goes 8 for 22 okay booker i understand maybe he's got the broken nose there's some other factors at play here, but like, I mean, it's just so inefficient. Crowder, one for eight, a pain. Two for eight. No one can put the ball in the basket. No, and but but yeah, but but, but what did I tell you,
0: DeAndre? Eight. The X factor. We, we we said this at the beginning of the series. I think he's been their MVP this playoff run. Like Booker. Booker has his ups and downs. Chris Paul has not had good games like he's been doing well in some and then kind of no showing in others and deandre Ayton has been the most consistent performer on this son's team and i don't know if it goes to show just like the state of the center position in the nba right now that like they can't throw anybody on him to stop him and he's not really doing anything special in terms of like post moves he's just bullying these centers out of his way and they can't go small on them because then they don't get any rebounds. Or even if they go large, Zubat still can't get rebounds. He, mm-hmm. he, he had 22 rebounds in this last game. Like he just cannot Career be stopped high. on the boards. Yeah. You know, the only Suns player to ever have more rebounds in the playoffs. Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley.
1: <laughs>
0: That's insane. Just, I mean,
1: it, he's, I think what it is, is, um, First of all, the Suns run a really good offense, so they're getting Aiden open looks at the rim, right? Like, he's, he's shooting, like, above 70% for the playoffs. Just yes. Um, but I think the other thing is, like, he's got a little bit of that mid-range shot as well. So they kind yeah. of, like, Zubac and stuff still has to respect, like, exactly. something, right? But then he can also just, like, bully. Like, he's a strong guy. He's getting inside. He's dunking it and ones. I mean, he had the whole array on show last night. It was really good to see. He's been great all series, all playoffs, to be quite honest. And he's mm-hmm. credited Chris Paul a lot for for his improvement. He was saying Chris Paul is the best yeah. thing that has happened to his game. Really helped him understand the game. A good leader. Uh, and I don't know if you saw even after the game yesterday, Chris Paul in the uh, in the locker room, and he was like, you know, guys, this is like these kind of wins where we eke it out, and it's an ugly game. That's a championship team. Like that's a team that knows how to win. Uh, so, you know, I, I know it's ugly and there's so much to get into here. Yeah. But I think 3-1 up, you've got to think they've got this wrapped up, right? Or is this another Chris Paul disaster? Is it
0: a, the Chris Paul 3-1 curse or is it the Clippers Western Conference final curse? Both mm. very strong. I don't know. I just don't think the Clippers have any more in the tank. Like, they were able yeah. to eke out what three wins so far without Kawhi. I mean, oh, let's Ward just look just at their guest. He's not Gosh. able to carry this team anymore. Credit to him. Cause he he's doing what he can, but he's missing free throws and clutch moments. He's just not like all the jumpers are just short. They just look so tired. They've had a rough schedule. Like, I don't think they've had more than one day in a row off, like the past two series. And they've just been playing tons of games after a shortened season as well. Like, I think that might just be playing into like kind of this ugly basketball where people are just missing shots because they're just tired.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, this, this clutch free throw issue is really
1: strange. I mean, I know he's not, he might not be a great player in the clutch, but I don't think I've really ever seen him miss this many free throws or free throws in the clutch or free throws in general, as much as he's missing now. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, He shot 12 for 18 from the free throw line last game. That's, you missed six free throws? Paul George is like, a, like an 85% plus free throw shooter. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And then he missed, like, in game three, he missed crucial free throws on the clutch. Oh, sorry, yeah. game, game, game two. two. Game, two. Uh, game two. And then even last night, he missed crucial free throws in the clutch. You look at his numbers and you're like, oh, Paul George had 23 points, 16 rebounds, and six assists. That's pretty good. But no, it's not. He shot five for 20, one for nine from three, which is, like, Basically, what I can shoot better than that. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, that's just embarrassing. And then the thing I don't understand, look, I know Reggie Jackson's been hot, okay? And I appreciate Goggle Reggie. And it's been great to see. I'm glad I'm glad he's revived his career. But surely he can't be shooting more shots than Paul George.
0: Surely. I don't know. I, mean, I mean, their offense, this looks lost without Kawhi. Like, just turns into isolation possession after isolation possession and there's like not much movement they're not able to get into the paint and anytime they do deandre and just blocks their their layups and then yeah. they just start chucking jump shots and missing everything and yeah i i've maybe they steal one more game i don't see there being any chance that they they're able to take this series
1: you know there's a. Uh... There's the whole thing that, you know, Phoenix play like a team and um, they might not have that sort of superstar. I know that Chris Paul, but, like, you know, he's, he's not putting up, like, superstar numbers necessarily. And so they they tend to play well at home. I don't know if this goes beyond five games, if I'm honest. Uh, if they're going back to yeah. Phoenix and you have a bunch of these role-player-type players, Mikhail Bridges, Campaign, etc., Crowder, I think they – they will probably shoot better than they shot last night. I would assume at home. Um, it's hard to
0: shoot worse. <laughs> it's hard to shoot
1: worse, honestly. So if they can figure it out, I think this could be this could be over in five. I just I don't see what the Clippers can do differently. Like Paul George is going to have to go off. That's basically the only option. Because Kawhi, I heard, is not traveling for Game Five.
0: So. Yeah, I mean. One kind of slightly unrelated note, but I think it comes down to just one of the issues with like the product of the NBA was that entire fourth quarter where that was just unenjoyable basketball to watch. Like the last 65 seconds of that game took 21 real time minutes. Which, I mean, I get it's a strat, right? Say you're up. You're up three, so you intentionally foul the team to do free throws. I don't know how you fix that issue, but watching just free throw after free throw, intentional foul after intentional mm. foul is the most boring basketball to watch. And then they have the replays where every, you, you can see these replays like once or twice and you get a pretty clear answer, but then they watch it for 20 minutes to get the answer. And then yep. they don't even review the most important turnover of the game where the Clippers probably could have got that ball back and and might have won that game like i don't know how you don't replay review that I, if i'm the clippers i'm pissed cuz that's a huge turning point in the last few seconds mm-hmm. of that game i don't know the, the refereeing in this playoffs in particular has not looked great and just the overall kind of like handling of the nba product as a whole and that that like no casual fan's going to watch that game and enjoy it like you're turning that off after like the 12th intentional foul because this is just not fun to watch like yeah, of course we watch it because we're like more more hardcore fans and enjoy the game, but it's just so boring. Like you can go and like yeah. do something for five ten minutes, knowing that the last thirty seconds of that game are just gonna drag on.
1: Yeah, no, even for hardcore fans, it's like, oh man, like come on, there're like thirty seconds left in the game. Why should this take another half an hour to finish? Um, and it's just like. I don't know if you remember that call. I think it was game two where Pat Bev sort of stripped Booker of the ball. And it it looked like it was like if you looked at it in real time, it's off Pat Bev. It should be like Sun's ball or whatever. But they look at it so like the finest of margins where like if you slow it down, it's always going to look different. And so something that's been called for years one way is like suddenly being changed. And it's just making it too technical. Like, I think it's it's making it a bit unnecessarily, like, difficult. And it's, like, taking way too much time. I don't know how they're going to fix this. Like, there should be a time limit on, like, how long these things should take or something yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, back to the, uh, you know, to the actual uh, basketball. I think it's – I'm not sure. I would say if you're the Clippers, Terrence Van has been great in general. I think he's the big positive. Ty yeah. Lue seems pretty nonchalant about being down 3-1. He was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we got to take it game by game, make adjustments.
0: Done it before. I uh, guess. Done <laughs> yeah. it before,
1: her, I guess, yeah. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> you don't have LeBron this time.
0: A, I think that's yeah, uh, the, the that's big the, difference.
1: You have Paul George instead of LeBron, right? So. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to look. Um, I, I think it's over. I, I just don't see, like, I know Chris Paul. What's the what's the Chris Paul stuff? He, I've never seen him shoot this inefficiently, maybe ever, two games in a row.
0: He's just not he's just shooting lost? well. But I, I don't – yeah, I think there's a bit of that. Also, he's, like, he's getting up there in age. Like, he is a long season and a shortened season and at that. But I think even, like, what's not shown in, like, the stats is he's still kind of basically their entire offense. Like – their offense is either isolation possessions, which that game just led to contested mid-range jump shots that never fell. And then you have the high screen and roll with Chris Paul, who's able to kind of break down the defense and then pass it to an open shooter who in other games was making the shots. But in this just wasn't like he probably had like five or six assists that just kind of were left off because people couldn't hit open shots. So, yeah. Uh, he didn't have a a great game, but I think it could have been a lot better assist-wise at least if the shots were falling. But he's like, him and kind of Booker were the only ones able to really break down the defense and kind of get rotations going and and get people moving around. But like otherwise, it's just kind of like stagnant isolation, no one getting anywhere. And it's just, it's without him, the, the offense looked kind of rough. And even with him, it looked better, but when shots aren't falling, shots aren't falling. It's hard to score.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's weird because, you know, if this was, like, game one or something, I'd be like, oh, there's no way Chris Paul and Devin Booker both shoot this horribly again. But they did it in game three, and they've yeah. done it again in game four. But I would assume it's not going to be this bad at home. I think Chris Paul gets a couple games back under his legs. Like, he's ready to go, I think. Because, you know, he was in – that. we had that whole thing where he tested positive even after – Having yeah. the vaccine and all that we sort of, still be so he was feeling some effects. Yeah, so he might still be feeling some effects. So he's just been not playing basketball for two weeks. So maybe he's just no. getting back into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got sons in what five. Um, I think I think it's over. Yeah, my Phoenix sons are going to the, the NBA Finals. Super excited. I, I think it was weird because one stat I was looking at was Bridges didn't shoot a single three in Game Four. And he's been, like, pretty lights out from three. He always gets open looks. I don't know why why he didn't take a three. Um, so, I'm sure things like that will change. Crowder's not going to go one for six from three, I think. Um, but you never know. So, let's see. All right, let's uh, move on to the east, um, where we've got a series, man. It's 1-1. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, let's talk first about game one because that was a very interesting game.
0: Yeah, I mean, unexpected. I, I honestly thought the, the Bucks would kind of just roll over the Hawks here. I mean, they they did in game two, but um, interesting game for sure. Like, obviously, Bud still hasn't learned from any of his games he's coached ever i guess about how to utilize <laughs> his, his good players and i mean the the positives you've got Giannis not taking 10 threes only took two in game one so you take that um the issue is he didn't really have a great game from middleton and mm-hmm. i think when you don't get that it's hard for the bucks to win drew Holiday had a great game 33 points 10 assists but Middleton's got to score more than 15 for for them to be able to win a game, but um, it came down to your boy Trey Young did 48 points, it just Oof. pretty much single-handedly carrying that team, getting a little help from like Collins and Herder, but Bogdanovich, Gallo not not looking as good as they did in the in the last series, mm. but um, they've got some role players on this Hawks team that can on any given night kind of drop 15-20 points and that, that's honestly all you need if you're, your star player is dropping 48
1: yeah Um crazy game but right? I mean I am I was basically on the same boat as you I was thinking man uh, if they can get a game like game 3 at home or something and they can lose in 5 I think that would be pretty respectable for the Hawks even though I'm definitely supporting the Hawks Uh, But game one, I mean, they came out, Trey came out firing, um, obviously 48 points, like 11 assists, seven boards, he was like off the charts. I mean, the thing was, he's not a great three-point shooter, but I feel like there's this like image of him as a great three-point shooter. And so everyone still has to respect the shot because he's going to take them, right? Um, And he goes, what, like four for 13 or something, not too great like that. But he still hit, like, a couple of deep ones, a couple of important shots. Um, and he makes the defenders jump, right, um, and contest it. And he was just, I mean, picking them apart. But I will say, uh, the Bucks. it's, I mean, I don't even know where to start with the Bucs.
0: How... I- they don't I mean look, lose, they don't get really beaten, they just lose games themselves. Like agreed. every time they lose a game, I'm not like, wow, the other team really outplayed them. I'm like, the Bucks lost that game for themselves. Like
1: Yeah. And you know, you're right. It's like it's like you see holiday, like I was watching that game and I was like, man, holiday is on fire. He could not miss, right? Yeah. I was like, wow, all Giannis needs is like one other guy to be like half decent. And surely they should win this game. And Giannis has a great game, like, pretty good game. Almost a near triple-double. He was efficient. Uh, didn't take that many threes, like you said. But Middleton basically forgot how to shoot. Um, six for 23 or something horrible like that. I mean, are you, are you serious? Like, you're an all-star player. Like, you're not just some role player on a good team. You're, you're an all-star player.
0: I think I've i come mean, to the conclusion at this point that Chris Middleton has just reversed Jeff Green. where jeff green will go two weeks of complete mediocre basketball and then come out with uh 40 10 and 10 or just absolutely go off in a game chris middleton is at least in this playoffs and usually throughout the regular season is able to like consistently do really well but then every two weeks just drops an absolute stinker of a game where you're wondering can this guy really be like a number two star on the team and when it happens in the playoffs, as that's not what you want, and it, it makes it it makes it tough to win those games when your team relies on you to be that consistent kind of scoring presence, and he he gets it for like a few weeks in a row, but then every once in a while drops one of these. But I do think,
1: um, <laughs> as much as you know, it was the fault of the Bucks uh, and Coach Bud, and and you know we'll get into Game Two, but. We've got to give credit where it's due. I mean, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, Clint Capella, uh, the they revival. all did their part. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Clint Capella is looking like a good center.
0: He's back um, at what he kind of like was at those peak rocket teams, where He's just a yeah. rim runner getting boards like he's not asked to do too much. Exactly. And, uh, Trey isn't on like a hardened level yet, but he does similar things where he can break down a defense, do that high screen and roll, get to the basket and just throw lobs. And all he has to do is jump up and get an easy And that's where he really shines.
1: Yeah. And he's also a solid defender, right? He's he's a pretty good, he's probably their best defender. Um, So he's, uh, you know, protecting the rim. I know he's, it's tough for him this uh, series, obviously guarding Giannis most of the time um but he I think he's doing he's doing all right um and the other thing is John Collins can we talk about that alley-oop off the backboard (laughs) oh my god and they see they see that tweet by Kent Bazemore afterwards where he was like they used to run this stuff in practice and I told them that they'd never do it in a game and (laughs) they do it in these conference finals
0: (laughs) yeah I mean that's they're a young team and they're they're having fun out there and Mm -hmm. it's fun to see and it's exciting basketball, not necessarily, I think, championship basketball, but these guys have a good few years ahead of them with this kind of solid core where I think it'll definitely get easier for them as, as it goes on. And, of course, you got Cam Reddish. who missed a lot of time. He, he did come back for a bit, but I don't think is going to really play a, a large role in the this series going forward. But in the years going, up and coming, I think he could also be a pretty – pretty important part of this box team yeah just
1: last thing i want to touch on before we get on to game two yeah uh bogdanovich oh man it it hurts me to see him injured because i know he's playing and he's you know he's trying i hope he's better uh, tonight but he's just he's just not looking the same he can't run at full speed he can't really defend because people are just blowing by him um and
0: I know it sucks
1: because he was the other solid ball. He's like their
0: second best player, I'd say, almost after Trey Young yeah. for those first few. Rounds. And it's like
1: Kevin Herder is having to sort of,
0: you know, he's being asked to do a lot more yeah. than he should be. Exactly, and it sucks
1: because that was ugh, it's it's horrible because he's such a such a talented player. And he chose Atlanta and he got an opportunity and they're doing well. And, like, him and Trae Young were really on the same page. And it just looked so good. And now that their second-best ball handler is out, it's kind of just like, uh uh-oh, when Trae Young wants a little bit of a breather or, like, they're double-teaming him. Like, who do we give the ball to? Like, it's just, you know. um, So I think it's sad to see that, but hopefully – Hopefully, maybe, you never know, maybe he looks good tonight and he's, he's back healthy. Let's hope for the best. But uh, otherwise, Kevin Herter is uh, going to have to play lights out like he has been, to be quite fair. So uh, let's see. Yeah. But, yeah, on game two, what were your thoughts on game two? More more of what you wanted to see or what you expected. That
0: is what how I feel like the Buck should play every game forever because that was, I mean, like, Giannis didn't put up the crazy numbers, but like just watching him like I don't know why he just doesn't do the same thing every time either catches it in the low post does a few moves spins to the hoop easy layup or just does like one or two dribbles at the three point line takes two steps gets all the way to the basket does a nasty spin move which no one in this league can actually guard Mm -hmm. and then has a touch around the rim this game is the one that you should be reminded that why they called him the greek freak because i don't think there's ever been like a player with his like size and strength with that kind of like actual skill in terms of like dribbling spinning like holding on to the ball and then touch around the rim and not just having to kind of dunk it home like yeah. i don't remember the one on i think it was john collins or he did a crazy spin move and then another the second defender comes in to block it up and under finger roll like there's no other player in this league with that kind of size that can do that, except maybe like a Kevin Durant. But like, KG, yeah, that's probably it. He, that is just how you should play with Giannis. Like, just that play every time. And if he ever gets like a little tired or gassed, put him in the post. Like, for as good as like defense that like Capella and, and I don't know, even Collins have been doing, like, it's been on Brooke Lopez. And as much shit as we have given Brooke Lopez, he, I think that was the best game of the playoffs for him that game too. Like he was efficient. He hit threes. Finally, he was sitting under the hoop. He was getting 16 points. I mean, like that's what they need from him because if he's not doing that, he's a liability on the court because he's not able to defend Trey young in that pick and roll. But yeah, I think that is like what you need out of this bucks team. Like, everyone played well even like Middleton like again 15 points is not what you expect but he's getting rebounds he was like breaking down the defense he was kind of getting people open like he was the best plus minus his plus 42 so it, 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 it's not just points but like he, he was helping the kind of offense flow really nicely and they just they're not going to lose games if they shoot like 52% from the field and they're hitting their threes. Like that, that is what the Bucks' ceiling is. And that's what they can they can do on, when they're all kind of clicking.
1: Yep. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think the main thing for what they changed was like the defensive setup on Trey Young finally um, took them a game to realize that, Lopez shouldn't be in a drop coverage, but at least they realized it. Um and he's they, learning. Like, he,
0: Bud's learning. <laughs>
1: he's learning. I was thinking through the whole game. I was like, oh, Ben must be in game one. I was like, Ben must be first. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. God. But it was it was just funny because like, you know, Trey Young always he he loves that high pick and roll, right? And he yeah. would get whoever holiday in the pick and roll, and then instead of Lopez just sitting deep. It would be Giannis coming up, or Lopez coming up, or someone else like doubling him. Like yeah, Trae Young was struggling, up, yeah. turning it over a lot. Um, he had nine turnovers. It was just a really yeah. bad game. Um, I think the the thing that worried me though is, uh, in terms of the Bucks, right? Like they started. I knew it was. I knew it was over when Middleton hit his first three, <laughs> and that was the beginning of the first quarter. And uh, I, yeah. uh oh. Middleton hit a three, and then Lopez hit a three in the corner, and I said, okay, might as well yeah. turn this off for now. Um, and I think the crazy thing is they started seven for ten from three, the Bucks, and the Hawks were still in the game. That's the crazy thing. With Trae Young playing bad, the Hawks were down like six. Yeah. And Trae Young goes to the bench, and the Bucks go on like a 20 run. He comes back like when they're on like a – like 14-0 run and he turns it over and ends up being a 20-0 run Um, but it was just like you can't have him off with even especially if Bogdanovich is slow and can't handle the ball properly it's just they don't have anywhere to like if Lou Williams is off while Young is not like on the floor then it's just gonna be bad there's no like
0: there's no other scoring on that team like exactly. exactly Golinari is like your second highest scorer. You're not going to win any games. I mean, yeah, and I think Cam Reddish did look decent coming back. I I was surprised at that, but again, I don't think you can rely on a guy who's been out for however many games like he's been like he's not playing any of these playoff games. Like, it's tough to rely on.
1: Agree. I think um, you're right. Actually, he looked really good. I, I was pleasantly surprised to see him out there. Um, I think he was, like, not really expected to come back in this series, but he came back looked really good. Um, yeah. I don't know if he gets minutes. I, honestly, he's a solid, like, he's like a Paul George type, of obviously not at that level, but in terms yeah. of the physique and the way his shot is and that kind of stuff, I, I think he could be a solid defensive player, at least yeah, if you don't no, want to use
0: him. definitely.
1: Yeah, like a body to put on the floor, maybe with the second unit, um, so, so let's see how that goes. But, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like they're both just hot shooting teams. And it depends on the night. Because I know Giannis is going to get his. But if Trey Young is not one for eight from three, then, like, they don't start horribly, the Hawks. And I don't know if they get, like, I know they got blown out of this game. But if I'm going away from Milwaukee 1-1, I'm pretty happy with, with what I've achieved. I mean, you did a a job. You got back home court. Yeah, nobody cares if you lost the game by one or by 40. I mean, it's just a game, right? Like, on to the next mm-hmm. one. So, let's see what happens in Atlanta tonight. I, I expect the series to go back to Milwaukee 2-2. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what What are you thinking? Do you think Do you think the Hawks have a chance, or do you think Milwaukee's figured out stuff defensively?
0: I think, I mean, like... Just Trey Young, like, liable any given night to kind of go off for that, like, 40-plus game. It's hard for them to lose those, even though it did look like they couldn't. Um, I've got got bucks and six in this series. Like, I pray that they see what they did worked and they continue to do that. Where you don't rely on Giannis' three-point shooting. And he's not afraid of free throws to drive to the hoop, like – yeah. If they're going to foul you that much, their whole team will foul out. Sure. You'll go 0 of 30 from free throws, but if their whole team fouls out, you're fine. Like, I just want to see aggressive Giannis, and I get he wants to be a threat. Not even a threat, just like Draymond Green levels from three, where you cannot be left wide open. So If they do close out on you, you get a much easier drive, and you're not being guarded at like Ben Simmons. But I don't think playoffs is when you work on your three point shot. Like, yeah, that's a that's a thing you take to the off season and and start trying to work on it. Obviously, like putting on more muscle kind of hinders your your shot a little bit, and you have to alter it, kind of like LeBron did and stuff like that. And yeah, change your form. But he's not hitting threes. Like even if he shoots like three, like that's a wasted possession at that point. And they're not even guarding him. Like he's just getting open shots that he's he's missing. So. I think you just play Giannis the way he should be played, and like a driver and a screener and rim runner, and have more minutes of him at the five. And I think they should take this game, this series in six.
1: Yeah, I think the. To be honest, I'm quite impressed with his uh, adjustments because yeah. you remember in the in the series before he was shooting like a lot of threes a game yeah. like 6 to 8 like or something six, yeah. like that you know Weeks. yeah so like so now he shot shot what like two in game 1 uh yeah. and three in game two so it's not bad yeah. i mean he's mostly shooting his his sort of in the paint shots mm-hmm. um i just think i don't know because in game 2 i like i saw the starting lineup and I saw Brooke Lopez starting, and I was, like, licking my chops. I was like, oh, here we go again. But it just didn't happen. They, they did adjust. So, yeah. as long as, you know, I'm sure Nate McMillan will be in the film room with Trey and, and the rest of the shooters trying to find some open looks for them, change up the coverage, um, and force sort of Brooke Lopez or mismatches onto onto Trey Young. Um, I don't know. I just sometimes, as much as I, I love Trey Young, I just – Sometimes I just feel like he pulls up unnecessarily from from too deep, uh, yeah. and I know I know he can do it, but I just don't necessarily think it's the best shot to take, like on a fast break or like. Yeah, on, like, I mean, there
0: are shots that you know, can go in, but they even yeah. then, it's like not a great offensive possession.
1: Yeah, like he's not he's not KD or like Steph from you know that kind of range yeah. yet. So like, so it's, let's let's slow down, like get into your floater, like. Take closer threes. Like, there's no need to take these logo threes all the time. Uh, like, one a game or something is fine because he's going to jack them up anyway. But uh, no need to do too many. But I think uh, at the end of the day, it's... it's Can can the rest of the guys help him out? Can they defend? Like, can they stop the bleeding enough to, to let Trey do his thing and keep them in the game?
0: I just... Kevin Herter and... Cam Reddish and young guys—it's just—it's a lot to expect of them. And then, yeah, I—I I think if you're like a Hawks fan, like you're happy. I mean, of course, you want to win, but like you got DeAndre Hunter coming back, like you got Cam Reddish getting better. Like this team's only going to get better from here on out. I, I think you're pretty happy with how far this team's made it after being expected to lose in the first round and even yeah, definitely. fight. In this round, like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, I my sort of bold take is I know he's played some decent minutes in the first couple of games, but Onyeka Okongu, the yeah. the rookie for the Hawks, look good. I really, I really like him. And he, he reminds me, I remember when he was drafted, his player comp was Bam out of bio. And he does remind me a bit of Bam. Yeah, I just feel like he should get, I know he's not as capable offensively as, like, I don't know, John Collins or something. But I feel like he could provide some good defensive minutes on Giannis. He's a pretty athletic guy. He's strong. Um, you know, I think – he obviously, he's not as strong as Giannis, but I think he could, he's a good size to yeah. put on Giannis, move, quickly moves his feet and stuff. So I would like to maybe see a bit more of him, um, at least on the, in the minutes where, like, they're going to, like, you know, uh, like Collins on the bench and so Yeah. Um, so so let's see let's see what happens with that. Gallo started a bit slow last game as well. Gallo's hitting his shots probably a different game. So yeah. So let's see. Let's see. It's all about the sporting cast. So let's see. Let's see what happens with that. But it should be exciting. Who who have you got for game three tonight?
0: Game three, I think I'll take the Bucks in this one. I mean I've got them winning the series in six. I, I I'll give the Hawks one more. I it's going to be one of these next two games I think that they'll win, but. Yeah, I don't so, know. You know. One of these next two games will be a Bucks. I mean, a, a Hawks win, I think, but
1: I think the Bucks take this one home. So you don't see Quavo influencing
0: Hawks tonight at, in Atlanta? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna be a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I think I'm. I'm not sure. Like,
1: I want to believe that if there's a game, the Hawks can win. It's this one. Um, because I feel like it's going to be crazy in Atlanta. I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. big deal for a young team. I'm sure it's going to be rowdy, full house. Um, I don't know. I feel like the home crowd will help the – because they have a lot of shooters, right, and I think the home crowd will help those kind of players beat their shots up. Uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta tonight. I think Bucks probably take game four and um, we go back to two. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. Hopefully, it's another Trey Young special and a Giannis special that we're treated to.
0: Uh, just good like offense, to good, basketball. good basketball. No, it's all you Three-minute-long replay reviews. Uh, no uh, twenty-minute fourth quarters. Last minute of a fourth quarter. So that's over some fun basketball. It's like it's like we start regretting the close games now
1: because that just means like there's going to be more video replay, and it's like oh man.
0: I mean just, like you look at a good close game was like that Bucks and Nets game 7 where you have potential game winning shots going off of course the OT was yeah. disgusting but just fouling people and you just remove the chance of a game winning shot is always something. I mean yeah. I guess on the alternative is don't go down 3 with a minute left in the game but yeah it's it's tough it's tough to watch yeah. Let's get to um, a
1: few other big headlines in the NBA. So,
0: there have been some,
1: some coaching changes been going on. It's quite funny to see this stuff going on in the middle of the playoffs. There's a lot of random stuff going on in the it's middle of the playoffs. very odd, yeah. Uh, but the off-season got,
0: started early.
1: started early, which is exciting, to be honest. A lot of NBA rumors going on as well. Yep. So it's good, good to see stuff going on, but uh, we've got uh, one of the interesting ones is Rick Carlisle going to Indiana after his
0: fallout with Dallas. What do you make of that move? I mean, it seems like Indiana just keeps losing coaches. Like, they lose good coaches, which is not really a good sign. And I don't know if Carlisle's the one to kind of turn things around. I think if there is a coach who's on the market, I think he's probably their best option. Um. Because, like, this baser team has talent. Like, they have good players. And I think yeah. at that point, it just comes down to, like, good coaching to kind of pull them together. I mean, he's had, he had success with, with Luca and in the Mavs, And I don't know how much of that is his coaching and how much of that is just Luca being one of the best young players in the game. Um, yeah. But if you can kind of help unlock, like, a, a Malcolm Brogdon to, like, take that next step or something, then. The I mean the, the East I think is gonna be pretty open next year. Like I think they'll have a chance to kind of get into the playoffs and see what happens. I mean, I I like the hire. I just I don't know how much of it comes down to just organizational issues or players. Like we'll see. I mean, he's back for another run, no run or test this time. <laughs> so <laughs> uh I mean I, I like I like Carla the coach. It'll it'll be interesting to see for sure. What about you? Yeah. yeah, it's,
1: I don't know, a bit a bit of a head-scratcher for me, to be honest. Um, Rick Carlisle, you've got to agree, he's probably one of the one of the more respected coaches in the NBA, right? Um, and, like, players seem to like him. Uh, it seemed like he sort of left in, in a fallout uh, with the Mavs. Indiana, like, sure. I was thinking maybe he would go to a team with a bit more of a, playoff future i know indiana's indiana's not a bad team they're probably like a consistent playoff team yeah. barring this year because of the nate bjorkman drama <laughs> and how you know, the players hated him and he didn't know how to coach and all of that but uh i think i think it's a good fit like they've definitely got talent they've got tj warren they've got brogdon they've got Karis Levert now yeah. right um they got turner sabonis obviously the all-star so, there, it's not like they've got a bad team, and I think Carlisle sure. will be a good coach. I, I can definitely see them being like a four or five seed again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that he would go somewhere where they would be like, I don't know, someone yeah. who would be at least like an Eastern Conference semifinalist or like a Western Conference. But which team would
0: that be? You know what I mean? Like, who's that's looking for thing. a coach right now, then? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is not that well, many. That's true? Not, not that many options. And uh, in terms of, like, what's left, like, I don't I don't think that's a bad choice for him. Like, this is a good kind of opportunity to kind of take a bunch of good, fairly young players and trying to get them to buy into a system. And yeah, and I think he, he played it in role. it,
1: if I'm not mistaken, right? He, he played in Indy. So
0: I think yeah, it's... Uh, he's a got Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. It's also that. A uh, couple other ones as well. So we had... Chauncey Billups getting his first head coaching gig.
0: Yeah, with the Portland Trailblazers. In very exciting uh, for Chauncey, I guess. Um, I don't know how the Portland fans feel about it, but um, I don't know. Like, who knows? It's it's always like up in the air with like new coaches. Like, who knows how how it's gonna turn out? I mean, if you look back, a lot of these kind of new. Coaches that have been hired in the past few years, especially like former players, you've got Jason Kidd. So there's your bust. You've got Steve Nash, who, I mean, dealt a great hand. So I don't know how yeah. well any other coach would do no that. Problem. No problem. I mean, Steve Kerr coming yeah. into a great team, but you got to give it up. Like he did, he coached yeah. those teams very well. Very um, well. Yeah, and I mean it just comes down to like how well you adjust because it's got to be a huge adjustment. Like point guards are kind of like the coaches of the team. So they they have to kind of know the most about the game usually. But one of the things is just like that ego management and kind of player management that you don't have, it's not your responsibility as a player, like the X's and O's that's, that's there. And you have your system. And I don't think that's ever usually the issue just getting players to buy in. And that's where we see like, kind of like a Monty Williams succeeding really well, Nate McMillan succeeding really well. Um, But, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like Chauncey as a player, apparently he's got some, uh, I don't know, some issues going on off the court, a few accusations. So we'll see how that plays out. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know how how I'd feel if I was a Portland fan. I mean, I guess it's good to see their – Changing something, but I don't know if this is the change they need.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I like, I never really figured if Terry Stotts was the issue. Like, I feel like he was still pretty liked in Portland, regardless of yeah. their playoff woes. Um, and my only thing is, man, like, is coaching really the issue, or is it the roster? First of all, secondly, is I'm assuming this is a game higher Surely Damian Lillard is like, you know, approving or denying coaching candidates. And I think like for him, someone to listen to, like Chauncey who's like done it in like big moments and stuff, is cool. But at the same time, he's also supposed to be a coach, which he's never been. And this is like prime Damian Lillard years. And even like as an assistant, how many years has
0: Chauncey spent? Not really that money. No.
1: I, think, like, I mean there's no way couple. to tell
0: how good or bad of a coach he's going to be like it's
1: yeah it's
0: really so i don't know I'm, I'm a bit skeptical i just i just wouldn't if i'm
1: portland's gm and i have Damian lillard and my team is like basically sinking and like there are trade rumors of trading McCollum or lillard leaving or whatever why would i hire a first-time coach to solve these issues that's my only concern but if it's someone that dame wanted then obviously that's a whole nother discussion um but yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are were, there were a couple other interesting ones as well. I know that we talked about uh, Rick Carla leaving the Mavs, but Jason Kidd, you mentioned him earlier, he's joined the Mavs coaching staff as the head coach now with uh, reuniting with Luca. So, uh, how do you think he's going to impact Luca's game and the Mavs in general?
0: Not well. <laughs> I, I just – how many opportunities has Jason Kidd had to coach? Like, I just – I don't know. What's his, like, win loss – four seasons as an NBA head coach, he's got a 47.8% win, win percentage. Like – He's losing more than half his games as a coach. Like this is a team that was just in the playoffs and had aspirations of of winning a playoff series and and going making some sort of run. I don't think Jason Kidd's your guy. I mean, like you saw what he was dealt. With. Like he's coached good players like Giannis, and yeah. I, I'm worried if I'm a Mavs fan, like what's gonna happen with Luca? Like he's been playing well. I don't think. Jason Kidd's gonna unlock anything really more in him. I, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is behind that. I don't know whose idea this was, but good for Jason Kidd. I guess he just keeps getting coaching contract <laughs> after coaching contract. Yeah, I think uh, LeBron seems sad
1: to see Jay Kidd leaving the, the Lakers staff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this impacts. Mavs, I don't think it, it really moves the needle. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I think it's like a stagnant. Moves it higher. in a bad
0: direction, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I think it's
1: the same thing like Portland like this. Half of it's the roster. Like, you got to change
0: this roster. Yeah, I think what it comes I mean, down to is like yeah, coaching is big in the NBA, but the best coach in the world isn't going to take some crap team to a championship. Good coaches Agreed. can take good teams and make them great. Like yes, we've seen with like Steve Kern, the Warriors, like Mark Jackson had a really good team. He had the blueprint, but he was not a good, like not a really good coach. And it took a good coach like her to come in and make that team great and make them a franchise yeah. and make them like a dynasty type team. Like same thing with like Monty Williams and, and Nate McMillan, like taking teams with good talent already and good Rosters and good teams, and kind of getting them to buy into a system and make them great. Like, yeah, these these guys aren't doing it. And even if they were the best coaches, and even if Jason Kidd was the best coach in the world, he was not going to take this Mavs team to a championship. Like, there's just too many issues with the roster to to kind of fix that won't be fixed with coaching.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm hopeful for him just because like he's been an assistant now for a bit with the Lakers. And you know, with LeBron and stuff, hopefully please there something to you and bring something to the maps, hopefully in a positive light and better than his sort of fuck's career. I thought it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's see what happens. Um, hopefully wishing wishing him all the best. So let's see see what next season brings. Uh, the Celtics.
0: My Celtics. Yeah. How you do you feel?
1: Come.
0: I love it. I love Another it. Unknown. A little bit of an unknown, but I love that. uh Ima Udoka, he's done his dues,
1: paid his dues. He's been an assistant for like a decade uh, with different teams. He, he worked under Pop, which is, you know, very important for me. Uh oh, worked have, like, yeah. like five, six, or seven years under Pop. Uh, he worked on, with Brett Brown as well, in uh, Philly. So he's got some – I think and Steve Ash mm-hmm. has all the work on as well. So so it's good to have someone with a lot of experience. And I think the main thing for the Celtics was um, um, you know, initially I was thinking, man, if we could get like Mike D'Antoni or just like unblock Tatum or something like that. <laughs> but but I'll tell you what, Imayu e. Udoka is apparently like really looked up to by uh, by Jalen Brown, Marcus Smarter, Jason Tatum because they worked with him uh for the team of USA camps. Um, so there's a lot of, like, inner workings with the players where they have a lot of respect for him they think he's a good coach. And I think that's the most important thing, right? Like, as long as you yeah. have respect for your coach, uh, you're willing to play for him and, and take his, like, tactics and apply them on the court. Then I think that's all you can ask for. So as long as the players are happy, I'm happy. Uh, and I think, like, it's great. That, it's always great, I think, for me to see new coaches emerge after they you know, they've already been in this league and, and been around the game for so long, and now they have yeah. their first head coaching gig. I wish him the best, especially as a Celtics fan. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the offense. Because as good as Brad Stevens was, you know, we've seen a lot of him, and uh, I'm sure some new plans will be will be interesting to implement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for the Celtics. Hopefully, hopefully, this is a good hire and uh, it's a good start of a head coaching career for you know. The,
0: yeah, should be exciting. It's always fun to see kind of new blood come in and see who be kind of like just ups the game and becomes like one of those top tier coaches out of, out of the blue. Like it's always fun to see yeah. when there's a, a chance for that to happen. He's got a good good roster to deal with, and
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Danny Ainge, <laughs> no longer hoarding yeah. draft picks, so. We'll, we'll see how that goes with Brad kind of running the show now. See how that happens. Yep. It shakes but, yeah, I think that's that about, uh, that all about do it for, for this week. Uh, we've got two two pretty exciting series. Um, You've got game three tonight, right?
1: Yep. Game three talks. tonight.
0: Should be a good one. Hopefully a good one. Um, I'm excited. I just want to see Giannis kind of do his thing. That's it's just Oof. so crazy to watch. Like it's. Haven't seen that in, I don't know, forever, possibly like a player just that yeah. athletic and, and doing what he does. But but hopefully back to some good basketball and not free throws and replay reviews. So, yeah, no, I'm
1: excited. Hopefully it's a good, good start of the week. A uh, good start to the week with with Bucks Hawks and then let's see uh, let's see how the Phoenix one turns out. Maybe maybe they'll finish early and they'll have uh, some good time to recover uh, for the finals. So let's see how mm-hmm. that goes. We'll see.
0: Well, till next week. All right. You Catch week. you later.